Hello, everybody, and welcome to the first ever episode of the SOCK podcast, the SOCK podcast. I am your host, Alec Pauly, and I'm doing this because I have nothing better to do with my time, and I just bought a microphone, and I figured recording a podcast would be fun. Um, this episode, we talked about the um, getting, we're talking a lot about fantasy and fictional stuff. We first talked about the gettings into of Dungeons and Dragons. I definitely advocated on behalf of um, starting up a group of people or getting more into the fantasy world in general and why I think absolutely everyone should give it a shot. And then we went into my first experience with Dungeons & Dragons and how it was a catastrophe. But even though that was the case, we got back on the train and got back into it at a later time. And then I got, went on for a little bit talking about fantasy in general and how I think like nonfiction versus fiction writing is a little bit silly and I definitely think there's a lot of messages in the world that we got to send across, and fiction is the superior way to do that. So if you want to hear any more about that, then go ahead and stay tuned, and let's get into it. Welcome back, everybody, to the SOCK Sock Podcast. I'm your host, Alec Pauly, and you probably already heard from me just a moment ago. Uh, this is my first attempt at recording this. Um, I'm recording this podcast, I mean, it's definitely not my first attempt at recording the podcast in general, um, but I'm hoping to have a little bit of an introduction before this so you guys know exactly what we're hopping into. Um, and saying that, I probably already established it, but I think this episode we're going to talk about something that I know a decent bit about, at least so it's a little bit easier to talk about it. We're going to be talking about Dungeons and Dragons. I know that'll definitely turn a lot of people off, I know that's fantasy stuff isn't every, for everybody, 100% not for everybody. Um, but it's something that I'm pretty familiar with, I'm mildly familiar with, I definitely understand a little bit about, even if I'm not professional by any means, if I know all the ins and outs, uh, and am too intertwined with the fantasy community or anything like that, I have some bits and pieces to talk about, and I figure it's something that I'll be able to rant about for the, I'll be able to rant about the easiest, considering this is my first episode, and this is probably going to be the hardest one. Uh, seeing as I don't really have any comments, assistance, or feedback from anyone else so far. So now that I've established all that, I guess we might as well get in. I have a list of questions here. I guess I can figure, or I figure I might as well try to answer to keep myself on some kind of a uh, concise path. Um, and I figure knowing that there's going to be at least a few people listening in uh, that know nothing about Dungeons and Dragons, but they're still just interested in staying around and listening and having something going on in the background, um, I wanted to talk about what, how a newcomer or someone who isn't very familiar with the fantasy scene or Dungeons and Dragons or anything like that might get into Dungeons and Dragons and why they should. Because I definitely think it's something that a lot of people will benefit from. Um, it's definitely something that everyone can take something away from, even if they don't necessarily enjoy it too much. Um, there's something to be learned about in the uh, fantasy Dungeons and Dragons scene, I guess you could call it. Uh, so I'm here to tell you exactly what you should join. As someone who hasn't done it for very many years, I've only been like a part of um, a few campaigns, that's what they're called, whenever you sit down around a table. And if you've ever seen, if you don't know too much about Dungeons and Dragons, but you've ever seen, um, I believe it was Stranger's Things, Stranger Things, they had the introduction uh, of, it might have been like the beginning of a new season or something like that, where they're all sitting around the table and they're all talking like figurines and rolling dice and like talking about monsters and stuff like that that's what Dungeons and Dragons is it takes a lot of imagination and a lot of creativity to successfully play Dungeons and Dragons you definitely can't be the type to um 
to not think outside the box. You have to because it's a lot. It's a lot of it's it's the adult version of uh, make believe or pretend whenever you were a kid or something like that. So I definitely understand why a lot of people are turned off by it whenever they hear about Dungeons and Dragons from an outsider perspective. But it's definitely worth your time. Hundred percent worth your time. As someone who's, if you're the kind of person who's heard of Dungeons and Dragons and pushed it off, I'll definitely address that at a uh, kind of like all throughout the podcast, like just advocating it on or advocating on behalf of it as much as I can. But right now, I'm going to try to. Okay, this is also going to be a little bit messy because I am down in the lobby of my dorm building, and there are people walking in and out of doors. And going up and down the elevators and playing music as they roam the halls. So I'm going to try to block out as much background noise as I can, but I don't know too much about the editing software that I'm using right now, so I'll do the best that I can. But I apologize if you're, ever here, if you're able to hear any of those uh, distractions in the background. So anyways, getting back onto topic. Um, someone who's never never thought about getting into D&D or never like had those... Um, inspiration to role play or to think fantasy really deeply or maybe you have like one interest maybe you were a theater kid maybe you like uh, Lord of the Rings or something similar but you've just never thought about the rest of the rest of the cake you just have one slice of it um, you can definitely expand on the one part that you're familiar with through Dungeons and Dragons there's something in Dungeons and Dragons for pretty much everyone I would say honestly no matter where you're coming from where your back where your background is, uh, what kind of experience you have in, like, I don't know, like, gaming in general, like tabletop games or board games or video games or anything like that. Or maybe you're not into that kind of stuff at all. I honestly think, I genuinely honestly think that the jockiest of jocks, the the chattest of chads, can find something in Dungeons & Dragons if you sat down and just gave it a try. Specific, I would say, if that's you, if you're if you're Chad and you're listening to this, and I'm not calling out any Chads, I, I don't actually know, personally know any actual Chads, but we all know what a Chad is. Um, if you are what the internet in the world would consider a Chad, I think you ought to give Dungeons & Dragons a try because it is a great place to let off steam. So many people turn off Dungeons & Dragons because they're instantaneously like, that's some like nerdy stuff. That is, that is... I'm not going to touch that with a 10-foot pole because I don't want to be associated with losers, with nerds, with... Uh, what's a better way to put it? With, um... I don't know. I think people think that there's a weird stigma around it. Like, the weird kids play Dungeons & Dragons or something like that. And that's, I... I think there's a set of weird kids in every kind of community and stuff like that. Every kind of uh, team, every type of sport and every type of hobby there's always going to be a set of people that kind of drag it down and I think in the past a lot of people have just associated um, a lot more weird kids with a lot more like role playing and stuff like that than they have um, people that are good at it or people that are famous whenever they play and they record episode longs if anyone knows what I'm talking about they know that Critical Role is a group of people who play Dungeons and Dragons and it's all famous uh, voice actors that play and they just record their sessions, and it's unbelievably entertaining. I'd recommend going and watching uh, at least an episode of that if if you'd be interested in any kind of that or any of that kind of thing. Sorry, I'm mumbling or rambling a little bit. Um, but it's definitely not just for any specific kind of person. I think Chad out there can definitely get some definitely get some relief because there is Dungeons and Dragons is one of the best ways I would say 
to just let out all your creative juices. Like you're sitting there and you get to hide behind a sheet of paper and pretend to be someone else and make decisions and act on their part in this world that has magic and dragons and everything you could possibly imagine. It is very much therapeutic, I would say, um, to have the chance to be someone else or have the time to to pretend to be someone else and have free reign over any of your actions. Because obviously, I'm living in the real world and I can't go out and uh, slay a dragon if I wanted to, to let off some steam, you know. But Chad can make a character in Dungeons & Dragons that's able to do that. And even if it's all just through make-believe and it's all pretend, it's definitely something that helps some... Or it's definitely something that you can still get invested in, and the more invested you are in it, the more it feels like it could be real. Like, you're playing pretend again. Like, when you were a kid on the playground, you were swinging around fake swords, or you were holding sticks, but you love to imagine that you were some knight slaying zombies to save the queen or whatever. But that's not exact. that's not actually what you were doing. And we all know that, and everyone, everyone knows that, even the people who would pretend that they were doing that. But... But um, that doesn't mean it wasn't fun. That definitely doesn't mean that it's not, that it doesn't feel like it's real. That it's definitely not like an experience or like you see it through your own eyes and you have like a perspective on that. Everyone has a perspective whenever it comes to Dungeons and Dragons. And I think if you just give it a chance and if you're just willing to let yourself kind of zone out into that other world, then you can blow off a hell of a lot of steam. And it's definitely a way to help de-stress for a lot of people, I would say. Uh, I was in newspaper in high school, and I actually remember writing a newspaper article, and I can't quote it exactly right now because I don't have it pulled up or I don't have the specifications or anything like that on which issue it was. I'm trying to even think about when, at what point, the my senior year I would have wrote it. I think it was about halfway through, but that doesn't really help anything. Um, and I wrote this article because I was like, Mrs. Heiner, my newspaper teacher, God bless her soul, Mrs. Heiner, um... Dungeons and Dragons is something that I don't think enough people give a chance, and even if no one really wants to read about it or really cares about it, I'd love to write a story on why it's, like, beneficial for anyone to play. I remember one of the big driving points that I wrote in that article was the fact that a lot of people use it for therapy. There's, um, if I had, like, a Jesse on the side here to pull up the statistics, um, I, but I, then that'd be handy, but I know that there are at least a few um pediatric therapists and um i'm trying to remember the state i don't i don't i can't recall right now but there are a few therapists out in the world various places i couldn't tell you where um because i don't remember uh that use dungeons and dragons as a way to cope with like anxiety and uh stress and stuff like that sitting down and just having the opportunity to let off steam by doing anything you want in this make-believe world with other people and not feel like silly about it is a fantastic way to cope with like mental health issues. I definitely know whenever I played for the first time that I was having a great time because I was able to put on, I was playing as the dungeon master as they call it. So for anyone who doesn't know what that means, that's just the person who runs the games, the person who tells the story, the person who looks at the rules and who plays all the other characters that aren't the uh the main protagonists they play the bad guy they play the they play the traps they play the the um the barkeep and all these other kind of characters so i was the dungeon master and i know i got a hell of a kick out of putting on voices and pretending to be all these other characters and putting on like personas and 
playing acting as someone else that was entirely different to the way that I interact with people um, on a day-to-day basis. I sit here and I'm on the uh, I'm on the inside of the dungeon master board to hide all of my notes and everything like that and I get to look over top of it as these other people and I'm pretending like I am a I am this big brawly uh, like barkeep and I've got this massive facial hair and I'm impressive in every physical aspect and lord knows uh, that doesn't res- <laughs> that doesn't reflect who I actually am in the slightest so there is 100% something to be said about the fact that you can... It's one of, I would say, personally, not statistically or through any proven science or anything like that, it's definitely one of the best ways to just blow off a lot of uh, pent-up emotions. Being able to be someone else and do whatever the hell you want to do, it's great. It's fantastic, because you can make a character who's exactly like you, and you just get to do things that you want to do, but maybe don't have the... um, the motivation to do in the real world you can go save the damsel in distress or you can go slay a dragon or you can help the poor or whatever you want to do not that you can't do anything minus slaying a dragon in real life but maybe you don't have the option the opportunity or anything like that you're able to do that in dungeons and dragons where the real world might not give you those kind of opportunities at least quite as often um, or you can just play someone like completely differently maybe you are a shy character a shy person in the real world, but you want to be more charismatic. So you play a a person who's all cocky and witty and they're smart with their comebacks and they have, they've always got something to say about everything. Then you're able to, maybe it's through Google, maybe you're writing stuff down. Maybe you're like, um, you've got your list of quotes or comebacks for whenever they try to hit you with certain lines. Uh, but you can at least pretend to be that character and it gives you, it gives you a glimpse of what it's to, like like to be like that kind of person um and i've actually read on several occasions that a lot of people figure out um they learn more about people whenever they try to pretend to be like that kind of a character some people don't think about what it means to be like the charismatic like class clown or something like that until um until they're the shy person in the real world and they pretend to take on that kind of class clown role and they realize like wow this is like stressful <laughs> this is like draining so as much as they might have looked at it differently in the in the way that they live their own world in the way that they live in the real world um you're able to, you're definitely able to get another perspective and understand people a lot differently whenever you play all the other kinds of the other kinds of characters, I guess. Because the real world is, <laughs> in a lot of ways, similar to Dungeons & Dragons. The way that there are strength-based characters, there are people who are meant for physical labor, and there are people who are charismatic, and there are people who are comedians. Um, Dungeons & Dragons teaches you a lot more than just how to fight dragons and to just pretend. It teaches you a lot about real people, and a lot about like interacting with uh, like actual individuals and stuff like that. So... That was a massive rant, but I would definitely say as someone who doesn't know anything about Dungeons and Dragons, who doesn't have any interest or has had any interest in the past, doesn't know too much about the fantasy scene, maybe you've seen The Lord of the Rings and you enjoy it, but you don't know too much about, like, monsters and how how to pretend that well or roleplay or anything like that. There's something in it for everyone. So no matter who you are listening to this right now, if you stuck with me through these uh, (laughs) 14 minutes, I want you to... Sit down, I want you to think. I want you to go, 
either watch some episodes of Dungeons and Dragons being played by other people and find some people giving it a shot, or I want you to reach out to some of your friends and I want you to ask if you want to play Dungeons and Dragons sometimes and just fuck around and just see what happens. There's also lots of like board games and stuff like that that try to emulate what Dungeons and Dragons is, even if it's not like as free like free reign as actually playing Dungeons and Dragons is. So even if you want to get into it like that, just pay for a board game and it kind of holds your hand through it a little bit more. That's also another option, but go out and give Dungeons & Dragons a shot in some way, shape, or form. Don't give up on it, and now that you've listened to me rant, for, rant about it for so long, uh, don't just let it fade to the back of your mind and forget about it entirely. Because then that's a waste of my 15 minutes, it's a waste of your 15 minutes, and time's a precious thing. So, <laughs> moving on from that, I guess now that I've addressed Dungeons & Dragons from the most basic perspective that I possibly can, I'll go a little bit more in-depth and give a personal story uh, about my first time that I ever got the chance to play Dungeons & Dragons, because lord, it was a train wreck. Um, if anyone's listening to this who was a part of this train wreck, then they know exactly what I'm talking about, and there's, I won't say any names specifically um but uh it was it was a little bit messy and it definitely turned me off from Dungeons and Dragons for quite a while I'd say I it was me and and I'll say one name here is me and my friend Zach we got into the thought of Dungeons and Dragons back I want to say it was like close to like sophomore year of like high school and we just had the thought it was it was just Let's just give it a try. We don't know anything about it, but since none of us have any idea what's going on, maybe it'll be fun for all of us to figure it out together. So we got a group of people together, and after so many weeks of not being able to play and times not working out and stuff like that, we get a weekend. So I pull the card table out of my basement, I get uh, some chairs from the closet, and we get ready to try to play Dungeons & Dragons for the very first time. And me and Zach are nervous as all hell, because we're the ones that introduced this to the group to the squad so we were like if they hate this then this is kind of this kind of blows because we also don't have too many other people to play with so that would have been a little catastrophe or a little bit of a catastrophe and it ended up kind of being one we were sitting down and we're all ready to play and we have our characters made then we did that like a few weeks prior we like helped everyone make their characters because a little bit of a time consuming process it's not too bad though um but we did that prior we're all sitting down we're all ready ready to go and Zach was the, sorry, those are, I was cracking my knuckles. Um, Zach opens up the, uh, the book, the introduction book, and he's looking and he's reading the first few paragraphs and he has no idea where to start. <laughs> where it's like an introduction book that like teach or it's like telling you like, this is where everyone's starting. This is how the adventure begins. This is, um, who they need to care about. And this is how you set them on their way. But Dungeons and Dragons is definitely not the type of, experience that'll hold your hand no matter how you try to like copy what someone else does no matter how much you try to just like read the book and do everything the book says you definitely need to have some improvisation skills and that was something that i'm sorry to call you out here zach he did not have at the time <laughs> we were sitting around the table and he spends maybe 10 15 minutes reading the first few pages and he's just like i have no idea where to start so 
we're just like, just give us anything, just absolutely anything at all. We'll go off at anything that you can give us, and we'll just like kind of wing it from there. Um, and he's like, you start here, there's a guy who needs you to do this thing, so you go help him, and then you leave to go find the thing he's looking for, or something like that. It was quite a few years ago. Uh, and we set out, and um, the next thing that happens is he's just like, and then goblins jump out at, jump out at you, and you're getting mugged. And then we're all just like, okay, I guess. Um, I want to hit him with my sword or something like that. I, I think that was one of the other people they were playing, the knight, their noble, chivalrous knight character. He's like, I want to hit one of the goblins with my sword. And then Zach's like, hold on, hold on, hold on. We're not there yet. We're not there yet. We need to roll these dice to determine that. We need to figure this thing out. We need to do that thing. We're jumping all over the place, and then he's, we're flipping through the rule books, and we're trying to figure out how this works. Because... At the time, we didn't know too much better than to just go by the books, and that was all we were trying to figure out. So we're sitting there and we're reading everything, and we're like, it's been like 20 minutes. Can we just, like, wing it and just, like, roll some dice and just, like, kind of just go with what happens? Or it's like, yeah, sure, I guess, yeah. So we're rolling dice, messing up everything. All the numbers don't make sense. We kill all the goblins in, like, like 10 seconds. <laughs> and everything's falling apart. And Zach's just like, wow, uh, I really have no idea what's happening. <laughs> so he's just reading down the book, and he keeps opening the pages, and we're flipping through, and everyone at this point is kind of like zoning out. We're all taking like a step back. We're like, this is very ludicrously slow in comparison to how we all thought it was kind of going to go. Um, no hate on Zach's part, though, because figuring all that stuff out for the very, very first time is stressful, and I know that for a fact, because I've had to do it. And knowing how badly Zach struggled, I prepared a little bit more um, for my first session of my first campaign that I ever ran personally. But um, going into it completely unprepared, yeah, no, I definitely understand the stress Zach was going through. So we're running this campaign, and all of us are kind of zoned back. We're like taking a step back. We're just like, wow, this is not really what we were expecting. Uh, but this has also been like accumulatively like 30, 40 minutes. <laughs> and D&D, &D, we kind of figured, was going to go on for several hours. So a lot of us are kind of getting pulled back by it, and we're fighting to keep the momentum going to give any bit of a crap about what the hell's happening. Um, but in between the long reading and the rules and the uh, the confusion on how you do things, how you need to, how you should word things to make the most sense, uh, what what numbers you're supposed to roll, what dice you're supposed to use for certain things. It's not complicated once you figure it out, once you know the general basis, but lord almighty, when you have no idea what's going on, it is a, a, it's a mess. A mess in the worst way possible. But whenever it works out smoothly, like I've had it happen before, I promise you Dungeons and Dragons is a whole hell of a lot, a whole hell of, a lot of fun. Um, but whenever you have that first bad experience, I got very much turned off by Dungeons and Dragons for quite a while after that fact. We played, I think we did like two more sessions after that fact, like the next few weeks, but it was pretty similar. Uh, we pull up, we're all confused, rules don't help too much because they're not extremely specific. Um, we're all just winging it, rolling random dice, making our own funny jokes and trying to entertain ourselves where we can, but we're all not really having a communally great time. So a few weeks pass and we all just kind of disperse and we're just in, we just kind of didn't schedule another game after that fact. Uh, and I, I remember being totally zoned out of it. I was just like, wow. I mean, like, I like fantasy stuff, love dragons, love wizards, love uh, all that kind of nerdy stuff, but I cannot imagine playing another game of that. That was atrocious. Maybe like two some years past, 
and I get back into it with a different group of people, and I promise you, if you just take a minute to read the rule book and have any idea of what's going on, rather than no idea what's going on, it's a much, much better experience. <laughs> My first experience almost turned me off completely from ever wanting to play Dungeons & Dragons again, but thankfully I picked back up on the train, hopped back on the horse, and uh, now I'm here making a podcast episode about it, so who would have thought? Who would have thought? Kind of going off the same vein as, like, production and, like, making stuff... I kind of want to talk about the um, the implications like fantasy has helped me in in the context of writing because I don't think I, I I've definitely enjoyed writing in the past like some English papers they've got some fun topics in high school and stuff like that there's like some interesting like research reports and stuff like that you can do newspaper gave me a lot more like freedom to write about things that I wanted to that I was interested in um but there's nothing quite like fantasy whenever it comes to free writing and just making a story this is definitely like a lot of people think of it a lot differently or a lot of people like see it differently um but i would have to say nonfiction is like some of the most boring writing i've ever read in my entire life i'm not that much of a big reader in the first place it's kind of weird i like writing i don't necessarily like reading it's kind of it doesn't make sense to me either believe me um, but whenever it comes to writing, whenever I'm thinking about, like, what kind of a story do I want to tell, I understand where some people want to take a nonfiction approach to, like, telling a story from someone else's perspective of dealing with a certain kind of issue, or, like, elaborating on someone's struggles, or, like, talking about some kind of a displaying something in a character like a certain kind of emotion or a certain feeling just like in a character but they're in the real world a non-fiction character a lot of people disagree but i don't know why the hell you'd do that in the real world <laughs> i see no real reason why we can't use creativity to show things through like hyperbolic examples there's no real reason, whenever it comes to writing, like, why we should be tied down to the, to the chains of the real world. If I'm trying to write a story about anxiety, and, and the main theme is, like, the crawling anxiety that's, like, chasing you, or something like that, and it's meant to be very serious, and it's meant to be taken seriously, and it's not supposed to be, like, a joke or anything like that, then I'm gonna write, like, a serious, um like a very much intrusive, like a gets you kind of thinking story about like zombies or something like that. Like I'm being chased by something, but just telling about someone's, someone's experience with like anxiety in a nonfiction setting, I don't think that gets the message across even quarterly as good as you possibly could with a fiction story and you use dramatic examples to exemplify what you're trying to say. Using fiction or fantasy to just get across the same message in a different way, using different characters, a different setting, a different time period, whatever it might be, just, it grabs people's attention a lot more. I think you're able to tell so much more to someone, you're able to, like, inform someone about something so much better, you're able to, like, elaborate on what you're trying to say in such a dramatic way whenever you use like fantasy or not fantasy but fiction like reasonings or like fiction examples of that thing like physical embodiments of like negativity through like the big bad evil monster or like 
the struggles of certain types of mental health issues and stuff like that through this evil organization or something of the sort. It's so much easier whenever you have like a physical embodiment of those things to spread a message because there's so much less to be like interpreted. I don't think messages so impactful like about mental health issues and stuff like that stuff similar should be so like convoluted like i think we should really just take the bull by the horns and just and be extra i don't there could be reasonings for it and a lot of people will probably try or a lot of people probably will disprove me in that sense but i think just telling the same narrative in the real world with real world examples and then like personifying things in just human characters and with human interactions and stuff like that it has a certain like reason it has a certain kind of message that you're sending by doing that but i think if we're able to dramatize things in a world with in a future dystopia with technology and stuff like that and we're talking about like uh, maybe you're relating like the flashing bright lights to like someone's real world like sensitivities and stuff like that like not everyone adapts to the world around them the same way i think that message gets a lot gets uh sent across like a lot stronger and it's just a lot easier to interpret that message there's not too much left up in the air in the gray space and there's definitely a charm to interpreting uh like meanings of things and watching the same movie with 10 different people and all 10 of them telling you something different there is definitely but you can do that with a fictional setting that that like hyperbolicizes i think that's hard um the things you're trying to get across just so much more apparent i'm definitely just going on like a little tangent here at this point but i guess the main thing i'm trying to get across i think I think there's no reason to try to hide the message in convoluted meeting or messages or hide the message in convoluted reasonings or behind uh alternate meanings and to make it distorted and just hard to understand i think we just got to really talk about like real world issues real world struggles real world um like problems and stuff like that in in a fictional way to just make it obvious there's just no reason not to make stuff obvious I think sometimes, like, movie directors and stuff like that get, like, scared. I think definitely a lot of, like, types of media get, like, nervous to talk too loudly about certain issues or to talk too openly about certain, like, real-world problems or, like, struggles we've had in the past or, like, historical events and stuff like that. But if we're using, like, fantasy or the fictional world to try to, like, elaborate that and explain that, it just becomes so much easier to not be specific and, like say the event you're talking about but to also be very obvious in the message you're trying to send about the real world applications of what you're talking about you don't have you don't have to be scared of referencing something if you're not talking about it specifically you're just giving the message that needs to be said about said thing definitely mix matching my words all here and i'm probably making this a lot more confusing than it needs to be but i'm kind of just word ramping word uh what's it what's word barfing i guess is the best way to put it at this point um but i see now that i've taken up about 30 minutes of your time so i kind of want to talk about now that i've gotten my thoughts out of the way the future of this podcast in general uh i would love to keep doing this in the future but i definitely think it's going to be a little bit of a struggle if i'm just trying to go off my own thoughts and base everything i'm just going off on random tangents that just pop into my mind because 
much as I just like ranting and talking to a microphone, this nice new microphone that I've gotten, thank you very much for the guy who sold it to me in the other dorm building, um, <laughs> as much as I would love to just keep ranting, that's not really going to keep people's attention, and that's fine, that's fine, but at that point I might just be ranting to a brick wall instead of recording it and then putting it on the internet, so what I would like to do is I think I'm going to start reaching out over social media, and I'm going to start asking questions because I would love to talk anything maybe with someone else maybe answering questions that someone else has about a specific event trying to give my best feedback for it maybe it's my thoughts and opinions maybe it's philosophical discussion like just really wide-ended questions and i can just kind of ramble but whatever it is whatever you want to hear me rant about or whatever kind of concepts you want to hear me um talk about here on the podcast i'm going to try to reach out over social media and i would love to hear what you guys would love to hear from me that, I think, is about it. I don't know exactly how long I'm going to make future episodes of this podcast. I would love to make them maybe 45 minutes to an hour, but I see, I think that doing this first episode a little bit shorter than the rest um, is going to be the best way to do that, to keep people's attention, to get people to actually listen, not be intimidated by the length. I know it's kind of hard for me to watch stuff whenever I see it's more than like 50 minutes long. It's like, that's like an investment. Um, I definitely want this to just be something you can have on in the background. Just listen to while you're doing something else, just hanging out. So I'm going to try to keep this one a little bit shorter. Uh, I'm going to say thank you for anyone who's made it this far. I would love to see interaction on social media after I get this publicized and put somewhere. I think I'm going to be posting this on Anchor, which I think is just somewhere I can put it, and it'll be able to it'll be able to reach it with just like a link. I don't think you'll need to download the app or anything like that, which is handy. So that's all I've got. Um, you can find me on Instagram, if you happen to find this on just Anchor or the Internet somewhere, you can find me on Instagram at A-L-E-C period P-A-U-L-Z-Y, Alec.Palsy, and I hope everyone has a good rest of their evening. I know I'm going to be doing nothing with the rest of my Friday except for figuring out how to edit all this stuff and chilling in my room. So you guys have a good one. Uh, Till next time.